0: Date Night Fam, I'm Brie with Tony, our producer Ethan, and we are so whoop, excited whoop. to spend the hour with you.
1: Can I just say that this episode is rife with irony? Why is that? Well, because we're discussing communication on a communication platform just a few days after having problems communicating on this communication platform.
0: <laughs> was it when I was not respecting your authority or when you were mean to me?
1: I would not say that you know that you were mean. Um, just more driven than you typically are.
0: Yes. Well, we're just sinners <laughs> saved by grace, and that's why we're so excited to be talking about marital communication today. Such an absolutely vital topic.
1: Amen. It is. But before we start all that, we just need to make sure that everyone around the world gets a chance to, um, just to share their. Don't do it. I'm, we have to, Ethan.
0: Don't do it. Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> How old are you today, my love? Forty. Four so zero. So happy to be
0: closer to heaven. It's not over
1: the hill, it's cresting the hill. Yes. You're top of the hill. So it's actually a really good thing.
0: I am embracing the crow's feet. This and you're, is wonderful.
1: <laughs> what are crow's feet?
0: They're the wrinkles around your eyes. Isn't oh, that what it's called?
1: crow's feet, because they look like I'm crow's I'm doubting feet. myself, yeah. Oh, got it, got it. Well, I've, wrinkles everywhere, really. I, I'm not I don't just think there you anymore. have crow's feet. No, <laughs> no, no. I think you have beautiful eyes. Okay. Well, hey, are you ready for this? I am. You see how an episode of communication, I'm actually starting with positive communication. I love yes, it. Yes, you're beautiful. We are learning right. together. Ethan, are that. you ready? How dare you say that to me? <laughs> what did I say? I don't know, but
0: how dare you?
1: Okay, so hot button issue for a ton of couples is... We we talk to is communication, and it really doesn't take very long after the honeymoon before hubby and wifey can realize they aren't sinking on some things, and there can be a real communication breakdown.
0: Yes, I remember our first couple of years of marriage were absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. but by year three, year when babies three, came,
1: Trace, whew, it was hard.
0: <laughs> it was yeah, it was really that's hard. the year
1: that I hairspread your clothes. Actually,
0: yep. I'm glad we can look uh, back we, now and laugh.
1: Sinner. I'm such a sinner. I think I've told that story a million times. So, short version, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, Brie was doing her hair on the bed and the hairspray molecules, that's what I call them, molecules. were landing. They were. They were going over <laughs> your hair. They were caught in the sunlight and they were landing on my clothes. So, I got frustrated. She got sad and then you said, it wouldn't be a big deal if the shoe was on the other foot. So I, d- I grabbed the yep, hairspray, I ripped it. open the closet and then I let your clothes have it. And that was, what, yeah, I'm a real winner. That should encourage every wife <laughs> who thinks that her husband's a bad guy. He's probably not hairsprayed your clothes. Well,
0: I really don't think I was as innocent as you make me sound. Of course you were, my love.
1: That actually reminds me. (laughs) Ever hear the old joke? I always wanted to marry Mrs. Wright. I just didn't know her first name was Always.
0: (laughs) 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 All right. So obviously, after we get married, if we've not learned how to communicate God's way, marriage can almost begin to feel like a trap. And we've met many couples who feel like their marriage is deteriorating or even turning hostile, and it's largely because they can't go on the same page get on that same page with communication
1: totally and that's um, I'm gonna try to break this up into a couple of sections so let's talk number one about the heart of godly communication number two principles of godly communication and then we'll finish with number three practical tips for godly communication and we are gonna use a little bit of Taylor throughout this episode uh-uh. I know some of you aren't fans you yep. know you're like no we don't like Taylor I'm not this is not a you know some kind of take or agreement on her progressive views this is simply an old song so don't judge us
0: <laughs> we were it just fits the communication started. theme, yes. right? Okay, so the heart of godly communication. I think for me, it's been important to realize that learning to communicate with you isn't just about what I express to you, but more about what's going on inside of me. And what I mean by that, as a wife, it's important to not only think about what I'm saying to you, but why I'm actually saying
1: it. I'm glad that you started there because that is what Jesus taught. So we're talking about the heart of godly communication. Jesus said in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, which is so backwards from all of our cliches. I mean, how often do we say things like, I didn't think before I spoke, or that's not what I meant. But Jesus says the opposite. Mm -hmm. He's saying our main problem isn't with the words, you know, that we speak without thinking, but actually that our words are expressing what's in our heart, and that's why it's not possible to make a marriage better just through communication techniques. We actually have to start with the heart.
0: That's so true. I know when you and I argue, it ultimately comes down to the fact I want something or you want something and we aren't getting our way. And James comes to mind because some of the leadership wives are memorizing it where he writes, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Isn't the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You're envious and cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel. That's
1: it. So James good. is saying our fight isn't because of the crossed arm, the furrowed brows, the annoying tone, or the fact I didn't put my laundry away, though that could be an issue in my case, <laughs> but it's something deeper Um, that your and my conflicts are happening because there's a desire deep down. And that desire is what is flooding to the surface. And
0: wouldn't you say this is what we see so often in counseling, that the issue, air quote, isn't really the issue at all?
1: Totally. I can't tell you how many times I've met a couple who says they aren't communicating well, when Mm -hmm. actually under the surface, there's a whole list of desires that they're holding on to. And those expectations begin to breed frustrations. For example, a husband expects romance, but his wife is distracted or um, a wife expects him to listen, but hubby's too into the football game. Uh, he expects her to spend 50 bucks at Target. She spends 150, <clears throat> by the way. <laughs> I don't know anyone who ever would do something no. like that. Yeah. And
0: these things begin to add up. At first, they seem trivial, but if we stop to reflect on what's happening inside, we realize the conflict isn't about sex or football or money, but really about a relationship with Christ and how we plan to sacrificially listen and love our spouse.
1: Exactly. And after we realize that our communication issues are actually desire issues then we can begin to make some headway and start to fix things uh, because I can only fix my, my words after I've fixed my, my heart and I can only fix my heart after I've acknowledged my selflessness or my selfishness and returned my focus to Jesus. Mm,
0: so how would you say a couple can discern if they have desire issues? How can they find out if the reason behind their disagreeing is actually a heart problem?
1: I think there's a real simple way and that's just to sit down with a pen and paper and then write out what you're feeling inside. So so like right now, you, know, you could actually pause the pause God. You head out with your spouse uh, or alone on a date or something, and then just answer a couple of questions. So number one, pull out a pad and paper and a pad and paper, pull out a, p- a pen and a pad, a pen and a paper, not a pad and a paper. So number one, what issues do you most commonly argue about? So just write those down. It can be often, it's like the big five. It's like in-laws, communication, you know, uh, romance or, or finances, stuff like that, or the kids. Um, but then number two is what underlying desires impact the way that you discuss those issues. Um, And I'll guarantee you what you'll find on answer number two is that some of the things you write down aren't sinful in and of themselves. Like if you write down, I just want to be heard, I just want to be agreed with, or I just want to be noticed more they may not be inherently sinful, but what you may realize is although the desire isn't sinful, the desire is inordinately strong. Mm -hmm. Um, Meaning that what is sinful is how important that desire has become to you. Um, Because a good desire can become a sinful desire when it rules your heart and holds the throne of your life. We call those idols. And that often happens where, you know, the desire to be heard or listened to, or to feel like you're important or your ego, it becomes the thing that, that drives you.
0: May I interject right there, love? You can. Let me just say to all the ladies, I've been in this place, especially with toning ministry and being at the home uh, with the kiddos. And when I examine my desires, I've had to go back to my first love with Christ. And I remember how he forgives me how he removes sin from me gives me security of eternal life how his promises never fail me and when I go about my day confessing my sin to God and when necessary to others and and spend time memorizing and rescribing the scriptures or reflecting on who he is in the word I find my affections and delights in him grow and it's just way easier Mm. to be loving towards Tony knowing how much I've been shown such matchless grace and mercy Mm,
1: that is so good are you saying I'm hard to love?
0: (laughs) Of course <laughs> you, not, my How often love? do you need
1: to go and get away and <laughs> immerse your affections again in Christ? <laughs> no, you're spot on. Our marital communication is only going to thrive after we turn away from all of our own desires and reflect on Christ. Mm-hmm. And as we reflect on our love for him and our desire to please him, then the way that we speak to one another naturally is going to start changing.
0: Okay. So I'm sure someone's thinking, I get it. I'm growing in my love for Jesus, but does the Bible give any real life pointers on healthy communication? And the short answer is yes. So let's move to part two and work through a handful of biblical principles for godly communication.
1: All right. Part number two. A little bit of Taylor. It's it's
0: okay. It's a good song. Don't be (laughs) angry.
1: All right. Do you know why the King of Hearts married the Queen of Hearts, by the way? No, why? They were suited for each other.
0: Oh my goodness, you are (laughs) in fuego today. I know.
1: Okay, principles (laughs) for godly communication. Disclaimer, the Bible has a ton to say on this topic, and there's really no way we're going to cover it all, so we're just skimming the surface, but one of the clearest passages in the Bible is Ephesians 4. And if you are, what I would say is communication challenge, memorize this passage, and here's a bit of the context. In Ephesians 4, Paul explains that when we become a Christian, there is a radical change in our thought and behavior. And this is because, you know, we're a new creation with the Holy Spirit residing inside, and that changed heart will equal a changed life. And so a believer will start exchanging old sinful behaviors for new godly ones, including our words, by the way. And this process of becoming like Jesus. Uh, We call this theologically progressive sanctification, happens as our minds are renewed, and basically every day we renew our minds, picture a jacket by putting off the old, taking off the old jacket, then putting on the new one, all right? So that's the context. With that in mind, let me go ahead and just kind of throw out big biblical principle number one when it comes to our words. Number one is be honest with your words. You got to be honest. You got to be truthful. Ephesians 4.25 says, quote, having put away lies, Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. All right, end quote. Now, that sounds simple. People go, well, I'm not lying. You know, I, I tell the truth. But all too often, our communication carries subtle forms of deception. And I think it was Jay Adams who pointed that out in one of his books. He says, even the little lies or white lies or exaggerations or manipulative body language or intimidation tactics or logical fallacies or terminal terms like you always or you never, any of that stuff, all of those are forms of dishonesty. And they need to be, as Paul says, put on off.
0: Mm, and yes, the reality is that we cannot build true relationship with someone if we're bending the truth. And that's why Proverbs says the wounds of a friend are faithful and better than the kisses of an enemy. And in marriage, especially, we must commit to maintaining super honest dialogue so much so that I would even encourage you to pause again the pot and pray and reflect if there's anything you've said or done that has in the slightest way bent the truth, then continue practicing this honesty. And if you've been prone to lie in the past, you must break the habit by being honest about this sin and not just pray that God would forgive you, but also seek forgiveness from those you've lied against.
1: Got it. And biblical principle number two. So number one is just get really super honest with your words. That doesn't mean you need to be harsh or unkind. It just means you need to make sure you're you're super honest. Number two is reconcile quickly with your words. Ephesians 4, 26 continues, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Now that, that's a pretty famous verse. And I remember a few times you and I would be up arguing or discussing, yes. quote, <laughs> until one or two in the morning. And I I think we learned after a few years that wasn't always super beneficial to be staying up till midnight, having these conversations. Completely.
0: We were reading a book that said Paul's point isn't specifically that every issue needs to be resolved by sunset, but more so the principle that every issue must be dealt with. So there's no room for bitterness to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's Always been big for us, trying to keep short accounts, keeping the home a safe place, but being honest that we are no good after nine PM. That's our pumpkin hour.
1: It totally is. We <laughs> turn into pumpkins, and I think it's also important to remember in that verse that there is a righteous anger. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he actually says that that you know you 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 may be angry, you just don't want to be sinning in your anger. And so the mm-hmm. kind of anger he's talking about here would be anger that's unrighteous anger. Righteous anger is when I'm angry over things that have harmed the name of God, the reputation of Christ unrighteous anger is when i'm focused on things that harm me and so you know if someone has hurt me if someone has slighted me if maybe if my wife or your husband for example has backtalked to you or or in some way cut you down that's still an unrighteous anger you don't have the right to be angry about that mm-hmm. you actually will see her in a second need to forgive so biblical principle number three is be positive with your words so you're honest And you're making sure that you're reconciling. And number three is you're positive. You're uplifting with your words. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it give grace to those who hear. Now, that's pretty obvious. He just simply means be affirming, you're not attacking, and this is a real issue in marriage when we turn into two combatants that are battling each other instead of battling the issue that we're dealing with.
0: Yes, do you remember when you used to sit on the same side of the restaurant booth with me? (laughs) I do. (laughs) So we need to work something out. So you tell me if we felt like we were two tennis players hitting the ball at each other. We needed to instead uh, be starting to play on the same team and playing doubles and join up against the other team. And then you'd go up and come sit on my side in the same booth. Know, it was so, so sweet. Cute. It
1: felt like, honestly, in those conversations, when you're sitting across the table, it was like, bam, bam, yep. bam. We're hitting the ball at each other. Um, and we're just basically trying to win as opposed to coming around the same side of the booth and saying, hey, our issue is against the flesh or against this issue. Or against yeah. the devil or whatever, and we want to be on the same team and try to and try to win. So um, do you remember when we danced by the way to the jukebox at Denny's? I do. I know. I know.
0: <laughs> You're so romantic. Oh,
1: it's so good. Well, that's just it. So often disagreement on a topic turns into some ad hominem attack on character. Mm. So Paul says, be a builder, be positive, use edifying speech. I mean, imagine how beautiful our marriages can be if we're constantly encouraging the other person.
0: Amen. Even though yesterday I accused you of fallacies when <laughs> answering questions, <laughs> you I'm totally so sorry. <laughs> So
1: sinner. Uh, and biblical principle number four: be forgiving with your words. Ephesians four thirty one uh, finishes off there. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away, and then be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving. Now that seems like a no brainer, but I think honestly it's the most difficult. Whether that's because of our ego, maybe defending our territory, or just hurt, we need to be laying down our guns and not using words that wound. And we have to actually pull off all that self-defense and just be ready to forgive.
0: Yes. I remember an older couple who told us when you disagree on something, stop and ask, what did you mean by that? Like if you say something that hurts me, I shouldn't just hear the words and let them rattle me. I should ask clarifying questions. What did you mean by that? Or can you help me understand why you said that or did that? Absolutely.
1: And I think it's those little cues that keep our heart operating in the place of objectivity mm-hmm. and not just emotion. I, mean, so I, I saw a fascinating study that said when we get angry, our IQ drops about 30 points. It's so when you have that's one as big. low as mine, that's not much left to work with, right? Yeah, so, no. so if I ever get angry, we got problems. No. Okay, so we've covered, number one, the heart of godly communication. Number two, a couple or a few biblical principles of godly communication. Let's go ahead and jump into round three here, which will be a few practical tips for godly communication. And one last time, a little bit of there Taylor. So beautiful, <laughs> okay.
0: Admittedly, I'm not a very good communicator. You're better with And so all of this we're able to share is super helpful for me.
1: Yeah, we got some of this from Wayne Mack and and we'll recommend his book here in just a second, but he calls it a communication evaluation form. Uh, And I know this is going to sound really stoic to some people and they're going to be going, are you kidding me? You want me to go on a date and do this? But the basic idea is for a couple to actually analyze how they communicate and then kind of rate themselves.
0: Yeah, for example, if you're having communication problems, head out to Chick-fil-A or Starbucks and set up your phone to record audio and then have a conversation for about one or two important topics, maybe budget or romance work, cleanliness, laundry, whatever. And then (laughs) take that recording, find a quiet place to play it back and rate yourselves on the following questions we're about to get. For example, one seldom, two would be sometimes, three often, and so on.
1: So just in case you missed that, number one, have a talk on something really important to you guys. Mm -hmm. Number two, record the audio on your phone. Number three, play it back. Number four, rate yourself in the following areas. So Brie and I will basically read a bunch of them. You can go back, you could just play it, or you could, you know, copy and paste the list of your own now it sounds silly, but you'll find it super enlightening because when you hear yourself kind of third party, third person, you're like, man, that's what I really sound like. So what we're going to do is just take turns and read off a few of the questions. Okay. And then you want to start, we'll kind of go back and forth. Sure. Okay.
0: Okay. So during the conversation, did you show true interest in what your spouse was saying or only in what you were saying? Again, rank yourself one, seldom, two, sometimes, three, often
1: okay you got that one so did you show true interest in what your spouse was saying or only what you were saying next question were you a Mm. Mm, know-it-all one two or three
0: next question is your voice gentle and friendly
1: Mm. i'm gonna try to be gentle and friendly hi my (laughs) love question number four Do you say things clearly so your spouse can understand? (laughs) Is that what we should talk like all the time? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of creepy, actually.
0: Next question. Are you lovingly honest or more manipulative?
1: Next question. Do you send backdoor messages? So that would be, for example, you're saying one thing, but your eyes are saying another. Right. Or you're huffing and puffing or passive aggressive.
0: Yes. Uh, Do you encourage your spouse throughout the talk?
1: Great question, my love. <laughs> I love the way that you verbalize that. Thank your you beauty for the shines.
0: Encouragement. You're yes. so sweet, the, my the love. The sun
1: is shining <laughs> off the top of your head.
0: It's beautiful. Oh, I love
1: you. Oh, right. Do you belittle your spouse during the talk?
0: Does your spouse feel free to be open and honest with you?
1: Do you tend to dominate the entire conversation? Now. -hmm. Date night listeners, I know that's one of our big problems you have is that I talk too much and beautiful Brie is not enough. That's so not true. So I'm working on it. Everyone would want to hear you more.
0: Oh, okay. So next question. Let's see. Where do we leave off?
1: Do you respond well?
0: Yes. Do you respond well, even affirm opinions different than yours?
1: Mm, That's really good. You know, on that one, Mm -hmm. an interesting thing people can try is. In our first response, we often will start with an objection or a negation. You know know what I mean? So right now you said yes, but some people will just start off naturally. It's just their natural subconscious reaction is, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know, as opposed to using affirming or redirective words, like probably that could work. And I think that's a really great um, practical method to learn Mm -hmm. in conversation in general with people is just to affirm what you've heard before you rebut that so make good. Sense? Yes. Okay. You
0: are helping me in that area big time. Um, Probably I
1: could be. But another <laughs> you, Are you frequently sarcastic or even nasty in your speech? Hmm. What's nasty? I guess that would just be like. Harsh. Eh, rah, rah. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you considerate and respectful in your speech? Do you nag? Do you lecture or moralize?
1: That's a problem I think I have. I go to the philosophical all the time or the theoretical. I'm sorry, my love.
0: I love you, my love.
1: Do you exaggerate problems or your spouse's faults?
0: Do you tend to mind read or accuse your spouse's motives?
1: Do you insist on having the last word? And la- I mean, oh. I should. <laughs> no. Do you often bring up no, past mistakes? Have- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So obviously, if you review lists like that, where you're getting a lot of ones, okay? So let's say you just went back through that, you, you play them one at a time, and you, you kind of go, I'm, I'm not doing too well, and not a lot of threes. Then that means there's a heart issue, what we called earlier a desire issue. And you want to start drilling down into God's word, what it means to put off the old and put on the new, Pray over honesty, reconciliation, anger, and forgiveness.
0: And what would be a few steps to begin that process?
1: I, honestly, I would start with pulling some key Bible verses on communication and I'd start reading them and meditating on them. So Matthew 12, 34 to 37, Ephesians 4, 25 to 27, Colossians 4, 6, 1 Peter 3, 10 and 11. James 1 19 and 20 and then Proverbs you could just literally every morning Everyone. just read through Proverbs mm-hmm. Proverbs 12 Proverbs 15 Proverbs 10 uh, and just start scrolling through it and meditating on what it means to have a mouth that honors God because you have a heart that seeks to please God.
0: Amen. Another thing I found super helpful, especially for the wives is make a praise list each day in your journal and include what you appreciate about your hubby. Uh, for example, his actions or attitudes, qualities, traits, abilities, et cetera. And it's
1: easy for you, isn't it? It is my it just love. Flows naturally. <laughs> you just blink and you got a few more.
0: <laughs> so humble. And what you'll find is that as you continue to do this week in, week out, you'll naturally want to express these things to him. And what you'll find is that over time, you'll begin to focus more on the things you do like rather than the things that bother you.
1: And another key, especially for the men who, you know, we all want to toolbox everything, right? You know, our mm-hmm. wife talks and immediately it's like, well, here's what you should do A, B, and C is to practice just being a good listener. And that means be a ready listener, not answering until she's finished, asking her good questions. And then be slow to speak, not not hasty, and speak in a way that she can understand and and accept what you say. It's okay to use persuasive speech. Mm. It's, It's okay to approach her with honey as opposed to vinegar.
0: Yes. And for wives, may I encourage you, please don't use the silent treatment. Uh, Proverbs says our husbands would be better off living on the corner of a cold roof than inside with a contentious woman. So don't nag, don't quarrel, don't cut him down, don't wag your finger, don't be passive aggressive, and don't respond in emotional outbursts of anger. And I need to add that even um, tears can be a weapon. I know there's a place for good tears, but we want to make sure that we aren't using tears simply to get our way. I know this was really hard uh, yeah. for us. It, it, Still it has is, been. But sure, yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. But even if it's just composure, I know that's something you've worked on for many years where if you feel tears coming instead of using them or weaponizing them, you'll go to the bathroom, you'll work and process through whatever it is. And then we'll come back together and yeah. talk with them or in a more cerebral manner. And Honestly, if for me as a husband, too, just speaking to that, if, if we're the type of man, and I know I've been this, who harms you and hurts you and causes those tears, then we need to make sure that we're being more soft and more tender as well. And brothers, on that note, when we're wrong, we have to admit it. You know, we're never more a man than when we humble ourselves. So ask for forgiveness And be clear with what you plan to change. Asking for forgiveness isn't making excuses about it. It's simply saying, I was wrong. I did this wrong. I know that this is how it made you feel, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And even if your wife verbally criticizes you, don't fight back. Just stay calm. Ask the Lord for self-control. Forgive and continue to patiently lead. Very important to understand. Leaders don't lose their cool. You're not a leader if you have to say that you're a leader. Mm -hmm. You're a leader when you model Christ likeness.
0: And lastly, sisters, be thoughtful of body language. A simple hand on the hip or a raised eyebrow or just cold response in general can deeply harm our God honoring communication with our husband. And
1: I would even say on that note, men, you know, if you're in a disagreement or in a little bit of a fight or a spat, and I'm going to give you the secret sauce here, okay? So, ladies, (laughs) go ahead, turn, you know, plug your ears, okay? I'm plugging. Start by sitting near your wife put a hand on her knee, look her in the eyes, and before anything else, remind her of your love for her. Tell her you love her, you're excited, you're, you're honored to get to work through these things with her as a teammate and a best friend, and then go on to discuss the issues at hand. If you start the talk by crossing that battle line, the heart walls will, will fall and it'll really help. So I think we did it. Do we get through everything? Yes. Okay. The heart... The principles and a few of the practical tips of godly communication. Should we play Taylor one more time? Last I think we time. Okay, what about some good books, my love? Mm. Um, do you want to share a couple of books or shall I? Go I for will. it. Okay, Sweethearts for a Lifetime by Wayne and Carol Mack so is a good one. And then if you're newlyweds, I think this is a great starter. I use it in all of our premarital. It's Tying the Knot by Rob Green. What I like about it is it just basically covers the eight big areas and then helps you work through them, again, starting with the heart and then moving to the practice.
0: Awesome. Any last words, my love?
1: Just happy birthday to you. Okay. Just a reminder that what comes out of the mouth is a reflection of what's in our heart, so the key to good marital communication and really all communication begins with our pursuit of Christ. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus told us that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as we look at our words, we're reminded today to look at our hearts. We give them again to you. Help us to put off the old life, to put on the new one. Give us a heart like our Lord and words to match. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, Date Night fam, Lord willing, we'll be back in 168 short hours. So send us a message and leave a review. A heap big thanks to Ethan, our producer, and the wonderful people of Mission Bible Church. Keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family.
1: Two antennas fell in love. The ceremony was okay. The reception was great.